Section 46 of United States Senate Election Expulsion and Censure Cases, 1793-1990, to by Anne M. Butler. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Joanne Turner. Case 44. William M. Fishback, 1831-1903. to Elisha Baxter, 1827-1899. to William D. Snow dates unknown, Arkansas. Election case, May 21, 1864, to February 26, 1866. Issues. Reconstruction. Challenge to legislature's authority to elect. Chronology. Fishback and Baxter. Credentials presented, May 21, May 31, 1864. Referred to committee, June 13, 1864. Committee report, June 27, 1864. Senate vote, June 29, 1864. Baxter and Snow. Credentials presented, March 7, 1865. Referred to committee, March 8, 1865. Committee report, March 9, 1865. Senate vote, February 26, 1866. Result, not seated. Background. In the closing months of the Civil War, a confused and divided Congress struggled to establish Reconstruction policies within a valid constitutional framework while competing with the President for the right to define and control the program. On December 8, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln had issued a proclamation of amnesty and reconstruction, pardoning citizens of the southern states who would take an oath of loyalty to the Union and accept the end of slavery. Residents of a state could set up a new state government once the number of those who took these actions equaled 10% of the voters the state had in 1860. Only the House and Senate, however, could decide whether to seat senators and representatives from the states that met these criteria. In March 1864, Arkansas voters representing nearly one-quarter of those who had voted in 1860 approved a revised state constitution that included the abolition of slavery. Election of a legislature, senators and representatives, followed. The U.S. House of Representatives and the Senate were then faced with the question of whether to seat the new members from Arkansas. In the House, the three Arkansas representatives elected under the state's new government presented their credentials, but by the time their terms ended at the conclusion of the 38th Congress in March 1865, the body had still not decided whether to seat them. The attempt to seat the two new senators elected to complete the unexpired terms of those expelled in 1861 proved to be a forerunner of the seating dilemmas caused by Reconstruction that were to torment the United States Congress until the 1870s. Statement of the Case On May 21, 1864, James H. Lane, Republican of Kansas, announced that 42 of the 54 counties in Arkansas 
had voted to eliminate slavery by amending the state constitution. He recommended that the Senate should therefore accept the credentials of William M. Fishback, elected to fill the remainder of the term of expelled Senator William K. Sebastian, that would expire in March 1865. Ten days later, on May 31st, Solomon Foote, Republican of Vermont, asked the same recognition for Elisha Baxter, the replacement for Arkansas's expelled Charles B. Mitchell. The presentation of these credentials stirred a storm of protest. Jacob Howard, Republican of Michigan, a constitutional expert, represented the basic congressional perspective when he demanded to know under what authority Arkansas, whose legislature had announced secession and sent delegates to the Confederate Congress, had restored itself to a legitimate position within the federal government, a state whose unionism existed only by the force of a military presence should not be so easily readmitted. Response of the Senate On June 13th, Lane tried a different approach, asking the Senate to consider a joint resolution recognizing the free state government in Arkansas. In the procedural debates that followed, Senators agreed that discussion of the joint resolution would also include the Fishback and Baxter credentials. Charles Sumner, Republican of Massachusetts, questioned the right of Arkansas to participate in the national government while Reconstruction policies were still being established. Sumner warned that every rebel state would note the Senate's decision in this case, which could set a precedent and unleash a flood of other requests for recognition. Sumner dismissed Lincoln's reorganization plan as provisional and outlined several reasons Arkansas should not be readmitted to the Union. Since large portions of the state remained in rebel hands, the senators-elect could only represent a minority of the citizens, and the continuing military occupation there was inconsistent with the reordering of civil authority. He also made the practical point that an earlier proclamation issued by the president in 1861, which was still in effect, excluded Arkansas from commercial intercourse with the loyal states. It would therefore be absurdly inconsistent to grant the state full political representation. William A. Richardson, Democrat of Illinois, Although disagreeing with Sumner's premise that the rebel states were divorced from the Union, condemned Fishback for his participation in secessionist activities. Fishback had offered a resolution stating that any attempt by the federal government to prevent the secession of Arkansas would be met by force within the state, and in May 1861, Fishback had voted for the Ordinance of Secession and then participated in the state convention's planning to raise troops. Lane and other supporters defended Fishback, explaining that he had lived in Arkansas under suspicion of having abolitionist sympathies and, terrified by constant death threats, 
had simply voted for secession in order to save his life. On June 13th, after some further discussion, the Senate decided to refer the matter to the Judiciary Committee. The committee issued a brief report on June 27, 1864, focusing on the legality of the Arkansas government and ignoring the wartime activities of either claimant. Since this was the first of the post-war seating cases, the committee relied as precedent on the 1833 case of Asher Robbins and Elisha Potter, see Case 14, where two contestants had been elected by separate bodies, each claiming to be the legislature of Rhode Island. In that circumstance, the Senate had determined which was the legitimate legislature and therefore which candidate should be seated. As committee chairman Lyman Trumbull, Republican of Illinois, explained, the committee did not believe the legislature that, quote, assumed to elect these gentlemen was a body of men selected by the loyal inhabitants of Arkansas entirely unrestrained by military authority, unquote. In the judgment of the Judiciary Committee, the circumstances described by Fishback and Baxter did not demonstrate that the Arkansas Rebellion had been sufficiently suppressed or that the civil government could function without a military force in the state. Thus, the committee determined the Senate should not recognize the claims of the two. Benjamin Wade, Republican of Ohio, urged the Senate to postpone action on the Arkansas senators until it had acted on a general Reconstruction bill already passed by the House. Sumner and others, however, insisted that the Arkansas matter needed to be dealt with promptly, and the more general bill might require a lengthy debate. On June 29th, the Senate agreed with the committee, voting 27 to 6 to approve a resolution stating that the two were not, quote, entitled to seats as senators from the state of Arkansas, unquote. The adverse votes on both the status of the free state government and the credentials of Fishback and Baxter did not conclude the problems of representation for Arkansas. On March 7, 1865, the credentials of William Snow were presented for the new term for the seat that William Fishback had claimed. The Senate on March 8 referred these credentials to the Judiciary Committee. Amid the turmoil of Reconstruction and with the status of Arkansas still unresolved, the committee the next day simply recommended postponing the subject until the next session of Congress or until the situation in Arkansas was clarified. On February 26, 1866, James Lane revived the question, asking that the credentials of Baxter and Snow be removed from the Senate files and referred to the Judiciary Committee. Lane stressed that the government established by the loyal citizens of Arkansas had now lasted for two years and deserved representation in the Senate. On behalf of the Judiciary Committee, however, 
Lyman Trumbull pointed out that in December 1865, the general question of recognizing the government of Arkansas had been referred to a joint House-Senate committee known as the Joint Committee of Fifteen on Reconstruction. Until that question was settled, his committee considered it improper to take any action on seating these senators. After a brief procedural debate, the Senate voted 29 to 17 to table Lane's motion. Baxter and Snow were not seated. Conclusion The credential struggle of Fishback, Baxter, and Snow was only the first of many during the confused period of Reconstruction. The Joint Committee of Fifteen reported in June 1866 that the former Confederate states did not yet have a right to be represented in Congress. Not until March 1867 did Congress pass the first Reconstruction Act, setting forth the general criteria for readmission. New constitutional conventions must be held. The new state governments must guarantee suffrage for all, including blacks and the states must ratify the 14th Amendment. This act was followed later that year and in 1868 by supplementary acts setting forth specific steps to implement the process. Finally, in June 1868, Congress passed an omnibus act readmitting Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Louisiana, North Carolina, and South Carolina. On June 23, 1868, two new Arkansas senators presented credentials and were seated. A staunch Unionist who had been imprisoned by the Confederates before escaping to recruit and lead a Union regiment, Elisha Baxter became governor of Arkansas in the 1870s. In 1878, Baxter was defeated in another bid for the United States Senate and then retired to his farm, where he died in 1899. William Fishback's erratic behavior during the war, voting for secession in 1861, then swearing support for the Union in 1862, antagonized both Unionists and secessionists. But 30 years later, in 1892, he was elected governor of Arkansas as a Democrat, he died in 1903. William Snow died in obscurity. End of case 44 and of section 46.